Welcome to the Weekly Beat by Mansa with your hosts Arnold Segawa, Maggie Mutesi, and Dumi Jere, giving you all the info on Africa's big finance and economic stories. The Weekly Beat by Mansa. Greetings and uh, welcome to this edition of uh, Mansa's The Weekly Beat. I'm Arnold Sagawa, your host. I'm not alone. I uh, do have Maggie Mutasi, also uh, another co-host. Uh, Maggie, how are you doing today? Doing great. Uh, quite hot in Dakar, but uh, we're moving. Right. That's good to hear. Um, today's uh, edition, we actually uh, are talking basketball. If you uh, happen to love the uh, uh, the basketball league on the African continent. Well, you are definitely going to love this particular episode. We do have the president of uh, Basketball Africa League. That's uh, Amadou Gallo Fall. Uh, he's a man who wears many hats. And uh, Amadou, good to have you on uh, this particular episode. Uh, tell me, where are you joining us from? Thank you, Arnold. Great to be with you guys. I am actually in Kigali, Rwanda. Okay, without any further ado, uh, let's start with the uh, Basketball Africa League. Um, definitely lots of excitement when uh, this particular initiative was laid bare, you know. And just give us a sense of where you are after the launch and uh, where you are actually standing right now in 2021. We all know last year was next to nothing. Well, thank you, Alan. It's uh, great to be back in Kigali. That was the site of our historic inaugural season last May. So I'm here, you know, supporting our partner FIBA for the Afro Basket Tournament, I could see mm-hmm. that the momentum that was built is kind of carrying over. A lot of interest in the sports, a lot of conversations, you know, uh, during the tournament um, around the Basketball Africa League, and also seeing many players who've played for mm-hmm. some of the teams uh, playing now for their national teams. So, uh, you know, we were very pleased with how things uh, turned out, and we always strive to improve and uh, we didn't waste you know too much time revelling in the glory uh, but we got back you know to work right away and we're already planning for season two uh, and uh, super excited about the opportunity to you know uh, build on what happened last May. I have to say, Arnold, you know, there's been uh, some bit of, uh, it's been interesting times, obviously, watching the games, especially for me here in Dakar, seeing people on the streets actually tuning in to watch uh, the Afro basket and the pool of talent that I have seen in the past few days. I can't say I'm as good as maybe Scouts could be in terms of uh, noticing that there's really so much talent on the continent. But, you know, it's, it just feels like there's this shift or this wave that is happening in terms of how a basketball is perceived on the African continent. Is that how you feel as well? Yes. No, look, Maggie, I think uh, definitely I share that uh, uh, sentiment. And, but also it's been a long time coming. You know, there's a lot of work that with our partner FIBA, we've been doing over the years to just continue to create opportunities for young people to participate in our sports, boys and girls. Uh, so certainly we see the momentum carry over into the NBA by the number of elite players from different African countries who are playing in the league. Some of the most notable names that are superstars, uh, you know, Joel Embiid or Pascal Siakam, Gurgi Jang, who's playing here for uh, Senegal. Obviously, the Milwaukee Bucks winning the NBA championship this year with Yanis Antetokounmpo as the MVP of the finals. Um, I think, you know, uh, 
basketball is, is has always been popular. I think now, obviously, there is a, a, a renewed energy and a spotlight that is shining on it. This Afrobasket tournament, similar to our BAL season, being broadcasted to a global audience helps, you know, in really uh, continuing to build the popularity of the sport. And it helps that Africa, as you noted, has incredible amount of talent. I'm going to do two things. One is um, how to monetize the sport. The other is you, you mentioned Yanis. You know, uh, Yanis had a long, uh, his history is, is, his story is quite, it's hard to imagine what the family had to go through living in Nigeria. They end up in Greece and in Greece, you know, uh, to, to get the citizenship. Then he makes his way to the top with the Bucks. Um, how do we uh, have more Yanises on the continent? Then the second thing is we saw what Nigeria did in a warm up game uh, playing the US. Uh, basketball team once called the dream team and losing to a, an African country everyone was quite surprised how do we take away that shock I know it's uh, it might be too many questions for you <laughs> to answer in one but uh, just try and give us a go uh, look, I think it meant a great deal uh, obviously I think it was two years ago when there were nine players I believe who were born in Africa or at least parents who were born in Africa got drafted you know, in the NBA, uh, and we talk about Precious, he was one of those players. So certainly that continued to build on the momentum and also continue to inspire youth uh, to look at the sport as a viable alternative as a sport because you see young people with deep roots from the continent doing big things on the world's biggest stage in terms of uh, in basketball. The NBA, so Nigeria and the success they had in those warm-up games definitely resonated, you know. But also, when you take it to the Olympics and what happened there, shows you know really all the work that needs to be done to make sure that you know we don't have short-lived you know successes. And I think this is why what we're doing here with FIBA on the continent to ensure that we build an entire ecosystem where it's not just about producing great players, but we are also going to have great coaches, great people who will you know, market the game, uh, great people in the media who will talk about basketball. Here at AfroBasket, I'm very impressed to see a number of journalists, and in the case of Senegal, there's a contingent of 20 journalists from you know, TV to print and radio you know, who are in attendance covering the event. And these are the kind of activities that we want to continue to promote you know, through the Basketball Africa League. Players are going to continue to uh, evolve and find their way in the NBA. But what we're looking to do with the BAL is to create our version you know, of that elite basketball league version of the NBA, but that is authentically African, that is showcasing African talent, and that is being broadcasted to a global audience and where we can attract partners from the private sector that are both multinationals and also local African brands. Right. I want to drive this a little bit back and maybe just to put more of my two cents of what I've seen so far. I've had a, an opportunity to meet some of the coaches, gentlemen from Tanzania in 2019. I think it was about August. He was the coach for... Uh, the under 14, the girls team, uh, Africa team. 
at the junior NBA. And it, this is not about the coach. It's really about more of the coaching stuff like you were mentioning. Like you could see how much time they put into these young girls. And to imagine like at 14 years myself or maybe 13, I mean, I wanted to hoop at some point, just like any other boy. But the determination, you know, having someone to push you forward to kind of like say, you know what, I actually want to end up in the WNBA or I want to be in the NBA. Now, when we spoke in Chicago of 2020 with Dikembe and yourself, the whole idea was now we finally have Basketball Africa League. We've been building up to this for a while now. We've done uh, Basketball Without Borders, NBA Africa, all of these clinics. And to see it happening, let alone happening in Kigali, uh, it kind of shows how much the progress really has been. Investment in basketball can do a whole lot more for young talents in Africa. And the Basketball Africa League, in my perspective, I feel like is the best way to capitalize on all that. And of course, uh, making sure there is job creation for the youth. Definitely, for me, uh, the bigger picture, you know. So we will always have great players to come out because that's the part of the DNA of the continent. We are talented in so many, many ways. So, so you know, I've never worried about the talent on the court. Obviously, we have to... Uh, make sure that we upskill that talent. We teach them to get the basic fundamentals and to have experience in terms of competing at the highest level. And as you mentioned, the coach from, uh, from Tanzania, we've worked with him for many years uh, through our junior NBA programs. And this is one of the things we're most proud of in different parts of the continent, how we also not only went and identified talent uh, you know, on the court, but also in the coaching ranks to have people like that in many countries who are now leading the way, you know, in terms of coaching or being managers in these teams, you know, that ecosystem that we talk about or that we intend to build, you know, I think is taking shape and really an opportunity to build a real industry around basketball that is going to be an economic growth engine. That's the ultimate goal. And you see now, you know, why Kigali is hosting all these events because there's a world-class arena here. And there's a world-class arena in Dakar that is going to also host events. And there are other countries that are starting to, you know, uh, talk about building these facilities. And, and just from a business standpoint and also from a, an economic growth standpoint in Africa, sports and entertainment has been long overlooked and they can contribute tremendously to the GDPs of countries. So where we want to stop to only be exporters of talent, but we can nurture this talent and also create value right here on the continent. Having this league that you can actually derive a very compelling content from that you could broadcast to a global audience is going to certainly uh, help the commercial conversations. Amadou, that's quite interesting. And uh, I think Michael got too emotional earlier on. And it's quite understandable, Michael. Oh, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I know when I saw Randa being, you know, just losing it at the quarterfinals. But nevertheless, that's another conversation uh, for another day. Amadou, there's something that happens so often across Africa, especially with initiatives like this. I mean, the NBA Africa, even being valued at a billion dollars recently, was just a massive step. 
of course, countries like Rwanda, you know, from a policy standpoint, really understand this. And having had a chance also to be here in Senegal, I understand the kind of support there is from government to also support the game. How has the reception been looking into the future from a government standpoint and policy? Is there a hope that they get it, they understand it, that this is an entire ecosystem being built that could change the continent economically? Yeah, well, look, I can assure you that we are committed long term. You know, our view is really to build this over time. I'm very encouraged by, through the engagements that we've had over the past few years with heads of states, like obviously His Excellency President Kagame, who see the opportunity that basketball presents and other countries too that are seeing it. And like I talked about, what we hope to see from government is really institutional support and also building this basic infrastructure, you know, because when you build it, then the contents come. And when the contents comes in your country, it boosts tourism. It really activates a lot of industry that will be creators of jobs. And I think all the, across Africa, what we need is how do we focus on making sure that we provide opportunities for the vast majority of our population that is made of, of youth. So, yes, we're talking about basketball as an economic growth engine. Obviously, the showcases we've seen and the reactions, the feedback we've gotten from all across Africa and around the world reinforces that conviction that we have an incredible opportunity here to build a business around basketball and also continue to use basketball as a conduit to empower young people, inspire young people, and to elevate our entire continent. Ahmed, we have three short questions for you, and we are not putting you on the spot. But for me, I want to ask, what was your favorite team in this Afro basketball? Obviously, I'm from Senegal, so I root for Senegal. And I'm glad that, you know, the <laughs> guys have been doing well. But last game tomorrow against Cote d'Ivoire. And, you know, seeing Cape Verde also making it in the, in the finals. They will play Tunisia. Seeing, like, really new teams like South Sudan. Extremely impressed with the work that Luol Deng's been doing there. This is their first time ever they made it to the quarterfinal, Uganda and Kenya. I see something happening in East Africa that is really great for the health of our sport. It used to be that the dominant teams were all in West Africa and also mostly in the Francophone yeah. countries, but Nigeria is a powerhouse now. Now you start thinking about Uganda, Kenya and, and, and South Sudan in the East. It's good to see, it's good for the game. I think it speaks to you know, something happening uh, definitely uh, with the sport and interest that young people have. Now we're going to continue to work with the federations to make sure that from an administrative point of view, that catches up with the talent we have on the court. But it's, it's happening and kudos to FIBA uh, Africa for the great work they're doing with the Afro basket. Obviously, I was really impressed by uh, Kabbard. I had never seen this team play before, even though I was a bit sad that they got East Africa out of the tournament. But like you said, it was quite impressive. And uh, I think that brings us to the end of this episode. Uh, Amadou Galof, thank you so much for joining us on uh, today's episode of the Weekly Beats. My name is Maggie Omotesi. And for the listeners, thank you so much much for tuning in once again you can follow us at massa media or just check out all our podcasts at uh, massamedia.africa thank you so much and have a wonderful wonderful week the weekly beat by mansa with your hosts arnold segawa 
Maggie Mutesi, and Dumi Jerry, giving you all the info on Africa's big finance and economic stories. The Weekly Beat by Mansa.